When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I would like to think that they're good. You know, hopefully it'll continue to get better. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Hour number four of the extravaganza. Darren Doogie Wolfson, Chris Long, Five Eyewitness News, in for Mackey and Judd. Those guys are back tomorrow. Dave Harrigan here producing and technically directing. We are broadcasting live from the TCL Broadcast Studios every Monday at noon. You think he isn't? He's in studio. He hosts Vikings Fan line, the post-game show, Vikings Vent Line. He's omnipresent on Fridays on 1500 ESPN. You do a podcast. You're everywhere when it comes to 1500 ESPN. He is the superstar, Mike Morris. And you think I'm not. Do you think I'm not, Doogie? I mean, how far do we go back anyway? You should know by now that I am. How, go old, back. how old were you when you guys first Jeez. met? You know what? I might have had my first beer at your house. Was it in oh, Rosemount? Yes. So you were 21 yeah, It was a 4th of July party. So you were 21 yeah. then. Let me... So not only, not only were you serving underage, no, 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 no. but then also the fireworks were illegal at the time. Was it Jeff Christie, yes. his fireworks show? Uh, Jeff Christie participated, but uh, if you remember the late Jerry Cotton, uh, he was uh, in charge of, actually he was one of the sheriffs, uh, for out in Hastings, and I think that is the county seat for for Rosemont as well. But he said, "I'll come out and watch to make sure you don't blow That's your right. fingers off." Yes. But but I'll come out and watch, and I'll let you do it. So without a permit, <laughs> Christy and I, Christy and I, and he is taking his Humvee and rolling through my trees, my brand new trees. That's right. And he goes, "I mean, I said, Jeff, you just tore two brand new trees out of the, out of the ground," and he said. He'd had a couple 13, 14. He said, I owe you two trees. We're dealing with a lot of statute. <laughs> that was, that was it. We're dealing with a lot of statute of yeah. limitations expiring on things here, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, have at yeah. it. And actually, he said, by the way, that, that bush over there, I can see why you call it a bush a bush uh, in the first place because he he had been putting bush cans in it. He, has, <laughs> like, he had seven or eight bush cans in the bush. He goes, that's a real bush now. I like thanks. thanks Those were fun parties, thanks, though. Your Fourth of July parties like it. were the best. We had we had three professional wrestlers out there doing dives off the diving board. Just Kenny Patera being one of those. Oh, wow. It was just un- <laughs> Kenny Patera, three hundred twenty pounds, <laughs> 56, 57 years old, and about broke the board. He was trying to get get, get so much bounce out of it. You had the sport court. Sport court. So sometimes you had like the hoop at like eight feet. Yeah, you can dial So some up. of your teammates would come over, you know, 300 pound offensive lineman dunking the yeah. ball. Yeah. Client sauce oh. could just hammer it at about 11 feet. I could dial it up to 11. Yeah. We play out there in the summertime and client sauce could just 
stand right below the rim and just hammer it at about 11 feet. Oh, the good old days. You know what? Let's keep, let's keep story time going. Yeah, we're going to do it we'll later. We'll get to Teddy let's, let's and go. Keenum oh, and all that. Later. that Next the hell it's, that. it's a bye week still. Of course. Let's, let's, yeah, no, you've got, got one more so hour many good stories. Go. Yeah. i got a lot so of So anyway, this is the 10-year anniversary, or I guess Saturday or Sunday was. Adrian Peterson, 296. I was there. Against San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, what do you remember? I remember that Cohen Leffler, when my son was trying to put a jersey on over his head, smacked him right in the stomach and knocked <laughs> the air out of him on the way. We were going down to the field to say... Say hi to the boys and, you know, mingle a little bit, graze a little bit. And uh, it was a, my first time to shake Adrian's hand. He was in the end zone before the game, and he was just doing his little warm-ups. And I shook his hand. I said, have a great game. And <laughs> he, he took my word for it. He did it. He had a 296-er. So Are you taking credit? I'm taking full credit for that. <laughs> I haven't shaken his hand since. Yeah. And that maybe well, that's rightfully why. so. Right. I mean, your hand would be gone shaking yeah. his hand. Well, gosh, yeah. The only thing he can't hang on to is a football. Oh. I mean, remember Whoops. how bad oh, he was? No, oh, no. Oh, that oh. one-liner was there for the taking. Yeah. Mike took it. He hit the home run. That was a Scott Klingenbeck fastball right down the right down the plate. Remember the first half? I don't remember the exact numbers. You would think I'd be prepared for this. I don't have the box score in <laughs> front of me. Come on. But was... remember, Peterson in the first half had, I don't know, 30, 30 yards 40 or yards 40 yards. Yeah. He didn't do much, and then all of a sudden, second half. See that was that, but that's Adrian though. In a nutshell, he'll crack, you know, the lineup uh, four or five, six times, wear him out for a while. They keep giving him the ball like they did uh, this past weekend, by the way, with Arizona. I mean, they they gave him thirty seven carries. I saw that for one fifty nine, but I mean, the guy would wear literally wear defenses out tackling him, and then by the end of like the third, fourth quarter, he start cracking the long runs. And which is exactly what happened against San Diego ten years ago. He just he lit the place up too. I do for, you have the box score? Chris? I for, yeah, but I what for, did Cromarty do in that I game? I was just going to say I had forgotten. What was notable. correct. I don't remember specifics. Yard field goal return. return. Yes, but right. before the half, right? Longest return in NFL history. Yeah, yes. I mean nobody's gotten a one. You well, you can't, can't get the one. I think, you'd be I think Cordero Patterson has the tied, it. tied it. He tied yeah, it. Yeah, it can be tied. I had forgotten. Yeah, you can't break it. Yeah, so two ninety six, two ninety six, one oh nine, and you'd think he'd have. Michigan Wolverine-esque long touchdowns. Peterson had a 64-yard touchdown and a 46-yard touchdown. Yeah. Other than that... That's how he rolled. It wasn't... But it wasn't... I would have thought there'd be another 70-yarder in there, another you know 80-yarder. It wasn't. It was two big runs. Uh, that one there was, was the a first... That, that big was run like under two minutes his... to go, though, I think. There was oh, a big wait, late right. run for like 30 or 35, 40 yards. Yeah. Then they tried to get him over 300. They he had did. a carry at the very, very end. I remember and he that. got he got shut down for like two or three yards. If he had gotten nine or ten yards, he goes over three hundred. He was he was. I thought he was going to get it too. I remember later when he was trying to break the single season record. We were in the press box trying to figure out the Vikings had the ball at like the thirty, and he needed thirty one yards, or like somebody jump offside, like somebody hold, Do somebody anything, back anything. him up ten more yards. Yeah, because he ended up missing by I think nine four, nine yards. Nine yeah. yards. So even if they give him every yard, that was the interview where Pam Oliver said nine yards. Adrian goes, nine yards what? That's goes, what he didn't know, know you got it. He, didn't, he's like, he hadn't seen nine the yards, yet. Nine yards what? Did I get it? She goes, you missed by nine yards. Who was the quarterback? In that game? T-Jack? Uh, uh, they split. Ponder? T-Jack and Bollinger. So think about oh. that. So San Diego, presumably, oh. was Ben Lieber on that defense anyway? Who I cares? he was. I mean, I'm eight not, men not, in the box? Lieber, right, I mean, Lieber, you would have to. Lieber. Nine men in the box, practically, yeah. right? Like, who cares what Tavares no. and Bollinger can do? Right, right, right. We need to stop well, Adrian, and they still couldn't stop Here's him. your Chargers defensive front. Igor Olshansky, Luis Castillo, Jamal Williams. I think Lieber was here. Sean Merriman. Yeah, I think you're right. Marquez Harris, Stephen Cooper, Matt Wilhelm. Not exactly the steel curtain. Yeah, Lieber had just signed with the Vikings. <laughs> that would have been Lieber's yeah. first year with the Vikings. Lieber Correct. started, your linebackers were Lieber, right. Harris, and Greenway. 
He was a good strong side backer. Mm-hmm. Lieber was a good player. Absolutely. Does Solid. that feel like it was 10 years ago? It's amazing. I, don't I mean, know the cliche holds true, right? I mean, time flies. It that doesn't really feel does, like it was man. 10 years ago. It's it's incredible. I mean, I I remember when you came out, when when Denny uh, had cut me, and you came out to the house to do a little interview with me, and, uh, and then he got, brought me back the next day. I, I just I, We go so far back, and the stories and the time, how it does fly, though, but I, we go way, way back. We do. Now, you did not play for Jerry Burns, right? I did play. I, I played for him for the uh, for my la- my first season here, but and his last season was ninety one. All right, so twenty eight years ago this weekend, he had a couple epic rants, right? He sure F bomb this, F bomb that. Oh, yeah. But maybe the most legendary. I saw somebody tweet this over yeah, the weekend. Shocker. Maybe the most legendary meltdown yeah. was twenty eight years ago this past weekend. I mean, he was just which one was it? I've got yeah, well, I know. I mean, that's the thing. thing. As somebody who didn't grow up, you a can Viking, find it on YouTube. Somebody who didn't grow up a Viking fan. Wow, this is still even having grown up in DC. I knew the Jerry Burns rant. Yeah, about the uh, he was defending a player. I can't, I can't. I can't remember the details. I just can hear his voice and the bleeps. Yeah. Was he was he that salty behind the scenes? Oh, I mean, I guess if you're that salty in front of cameras, you know what? He, how he was, are you behind the scenes? He was great. He was fantastic. He was everybody's buddy, but he had a foul, had a foul mouth. Just in case you hadn't noticed, uh, and he would just let her fly. He'd let her fly, and it made everyone. It gave everyone the impression that he was. Uh, salty, which he, he could be, and a little bit uh, a little bit psycho. But Jerry was very much within himself, and he knew exactly what he was doing. He just had been around football for so long; he was burnt out. He he knew so many players; he didn't know his players anymore. He had gotten to know so many players and seen them come and go that in practice he would bark out stuff like, "Let's run that play where we throw the ball to eighty-one," meaning Anthony Carter. He didn't know anyone's name. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, you can't make this up. He gets up on top of the table at uh, training camp. We got two more weeks left to go, and he goes, it's, it's, "Get the hell out of this effing town! It's, uh, it's, it's, these guys, uh, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of man. Kale, let's go. Go up in your room and, and pack your bags. Just done. Yeah, done. <laughs> I'm like, that can't make Mankato really happy. That can't make him real happy. I mean, they count on the revenue rolling through there for another couple of weeks, and you're mm-hmm. out of there. He's like, I'm tired of this. How much of what you saw back then, and not how much." It just it, it 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 couldn't happen today, Coach. Today would, yeah. in modern NFL, I mean, couldn't do things like that. I don't think so. He was a brilliant coach. I mean, Jerry Burns was the one who created, literally created the the West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. Whether, they, whether they want to give it to Bill Walsh or not, I mean, Burnsy was swinging backs out of the backfield and dumping off and dinking and dunking to tight ends years ago, long time before Bill Walsh ever got his hands on it. Call it whatever you want to call it, but Jerry Burns was doing that a long time ago, moving the chains football. That's all it was. Let me ask you this. This might sound weird or goofy because you were a long snapper. Maybe it applies more when you were in college, but sure. yesterday, how many guys were ejected from games? I mean, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Green. Yeah, Mike Evans should have been. A.J. Green, you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean there were like five or six skirmish. guys. I mean, we don't see that. Man, Heck, I'm telling you. Most uh, Sundays, we don't see one player ejected let alone the five or six we saw ejected from games yesterday, did you ever come close? And again, this might be more applicable <laughs> going back to high school or college. With all due respect to the long no, snapper. No, no, no. I, I played did offensive you, line, too. Yeah, I, I know. But I was, but I was, did you I ever come close to getting kicked out of a game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, well. A couple times. Indulgence. I, I really Tell did. us the story. I, 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 well, right. I, there, was, yeah, there was a game against the San Francisco 49ers, and I just completely mistimed. I hit on a guy. The ball had come loose a little bit in his hands, and I saw it. And I just, back in those days, 
you could just put your helmet right on the ball yeah. and whatever whatever it hit it hit and so i speared dana mclemore right in the rib cage he was a good ball player he was a good player he was a very good player and he'd missed about two weeks of football with broken ribs and his teammates jumped on me and it was late and i god i you know i, I tried to get a hold of him later on that week i knew i'd hurt him and it was it was bad and i felt bad about it it was it was the worst hit i've ever put on anybody and uh you did know, you ever he, reach he him uh, i did i did i said i i'm a complete jackass for hitting you like mm. that um I don't know what made me do it. I saw the ball come out. It was loose for two seconds, and I and but you were down, completely down, and had controlled the ball and regained it. And I I came in there and, and threw anyway. And uh, I said it was so late, it was embarrassing. So I'm glad I'm talking to you. Let's go big picture. Are some of these ejections a product of how the game is played now, where a camera is going to catch everything? You guys used to be able to please yourselves to some degree. Yeah, I've heard a million stories you from others. If X happened. We knew that a couple of plays later we could get the guy. And oh, it was yeah, over. absolutely. That can't happen anymore because, well, you can get it. You can get it done within the the scheme of things, within the rules. But you can make it really rough for a player that's uh, what's his name, Alfonso. Oh, what's his name uh, from the Miami Dolphins that took out uh, Flacco? Like yeah. we'd have had him. We'd have had his. Yeah, guy. Alonso. Kiko Alonso. Kiko Alonso. Yeah, I think he may have had some problems. But they're like the line. You take a quarterback out like that. Like However, you could, you could do go for eyes. Not you. One could. You can't anymore because the ninety sixth camera in the building played with Bubba Baker. Yeah, Bubba used to claw eyeballs out. I mean, that, now <laughs> that would be caught on camera and he'd yeah. be suspended. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. I was involved in a pretty big fight, a huge fight in Chicago. No, it was in St. Louis. It was in Chicago, I believe, and we got in a huge brawl with the Chicago Bears. I was with the St. Louis Cardinals, and. Um, that, anyone that came off the bench and anyone that was involved was part of being fined back then. And it mm-hmm. all went to the, I think back then it was the Brian Piccolo Foundation. Sure. I believe it was. And I mean, fines everywhere. They ended up, we ended up kicking like one of these tight ends up against the side of the stadium. They were just working him over like five Cardinal players <laughs> on one guy, booting him in the middle of this, just up against the boards of the stadium. Unbelievable. About, Those are the good days. But yeah. even like on the bottom of piles, you've heard the legendary stories of. Conrad Dobler. Horrible things mm-hmm. happening. Vodkas. That happened. Can't that do really it. happened. Can't do it anymore. So go back. It's it's the argument that people that advocate for fighting in hockey use. You have to have this release valve available or things will get worse. Oh, yeah. Is that release valve of, I don't want to say an eye gouge or a finger in an untoward spot in a pile, but without those, it boils over, and we saw some of those this weekend. Yeah, You know, when you, when it gets the best of you and you pop, you do. You, you just lose it. You blow a gasket. And uh, it's on. And the players make so much money now, they really don't want to fight and miss a game check. I mean, that's a lot of money. Right. That is a ton of money. I mean, it was a lot of money for us back then. That's a good point, though. You think about Sandejo missing the game in London. That's a lot of cash. Well, Mike Evans Evans doesn't get ejected. Mike gets suspended. Would he rather miss a half of a game that he got paid for or get suspended next week and lose a check? Yeah. You want to lose a check. Yeah. You guarantee that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't care who you are. I mean, the money they're making right now is just silly. Yeah. So, you know, what is a lot of money? You know, for me, for some of those guys, eight bucks. the way they grew up and, and, and yeah. But yeah, it's different now. But, but even for those guys sure. who have finally gotten to where they want to be, sure. that, that's a huge check every week, every two weeks, whatever it is. I love story time with babysitter Mike. Mike Morris in <laughs> studio. Let's do this, though, Mike. We'll, we'll get away from story time. I want to get All your right. take on. It's inevitable, whether it's today, tomorrow, Wednesday morning. Teddy Bridgewater is being added to the 53-man roster of the Vikings. Yep. When should he play? 
To okay. me, it's a matter of when, not if. He's playing at some point the rest of this year. Heck, would you start Teddy against the Redskins? Would you start him against the Rams? And is Sam Bradford, has he become the forgotten man? Well, yes. I mean, heck, is the corresponding move right. Sam Bradford to injured right. reserve? Yeah, let's do Or that. do they waive a player? So lots to get to when it comes to the current Vikings. We'll do that next. Doogie, Chris Long, Mike Morris, 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Here we go. We're going live right now. On 1500 ESPN. It was a dumb f***ing play when, he had, when his foot was, uh, shoe was coming off, up the line screen. We were hiring take time out. We had a f***ing trap play called, and, and, he, and his, his f***ing shoe comes off. That, 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 ain't, that ain't Bob Schnelker's fault. We have another f***ing trap play, and if, and if, if any picks up his f***ing feet, he walks in. Everybody booing the f*** out of me, but he works his ass off. F- they put his picture up there, and the f***ers boo him. We were delayed there, Dave. You're saying hello, hello. Chris Long has the video of this Cardinals-Bears brawl that Mike Morris was a part of. He wasn't kidding. I was playing some old school Jerry Burns for you guys. You didn't even even hear it. Oh, shoot. Sorry. You know what? Let's do it again. Let's find it. My bad. It's still a classic. We were looking up fights in here. Let me say something. As long as I'm in this f***ing job, Snelker will be the offensive coach. I mean, no no question about that. No no f***ing question about that. We, uh, I don't like to name names after after a fucking game, but we we can't we can't be responsible for the blocking. We can't be responsible for the guys jumping offside. We can't be responsible for. Yikes! A little Elmer Fudd in there. I, I'm gonna tell you. I, I, I'm saying or not saying Elmer Fudd. Uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Sid walked right in to the locker room. He was addressing the team. He's already in the locker room, and Sid's found a place to hide and listen to everything, yeah. even with his recorder on. And Coach Burns saw him and didn't confronted him oh. and oh. said, "You know what's? Uh, you know he didn't say it that way. He he had him removed. He had three or four of the Viking security guys take Sid out, and Kid was kicking and screaming the whole way. <laughs> Every word in the book." All right, let's get to some current Vikings, Mike, okay. because next segment we'll do questions of significant importance, and the ah. next thing you know, the show's over. We actually, Chris and I haven't gone back and forth all show on on what the Vikings should do, will do, this week, the next couple weeks. It's 100%. Teddy Bridgewater is being added to the 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's later today, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's Wednesday before they take the practice field. The deadline technically is Wednesday afternoon. That is happening. What the corresponding roster move is? I don't know. Yeah. Is it potentially Sam Bradford to IR? But, before you get to that, let's ask it this way. All three quarterbacks are healthy this week. Who starts on Sunday? Well, I, I don't like my chances with Bradford. I, I see him going in and getting hurt and re-irritating that thing and getting off to a bad start and getting the team off to a real slow start again. And, mm-hmm. him kind and of he's not come healthy out. anyway. He's not healthy anyway, but if he was, and that was the, right. how, that mm-hmm. was the scenario... He gets cleared um, to play. I don't like. That means. I, he, yeah. You can't rely on him going out there and starting and playing well and staying in the game. Right. So, I'm. He's out. Right. To answer your question, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. who's in? Well, Keenum's in. Right. Because he 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 finally has some gel and some chemistry and some moxie with the team and in the huddle and the team rallies for him. It looks like to me. Don't. Don't fix it if it's working well, and it's not working well, but it's working. Uh, Teddy, you never know what you're going to get there, and I don't. I wouldn't want to put that on Teddy to come in after after Keenum's got you to a six and two halfway mark, uh, the bye week, and now you're just going to say, oh, by the way, the second half is yours. Don't ruin it. We've got a six and two start. You know, I mean, that's just that's too a, much. There's just too much. That's there. a lose lose proposition. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're you're putting him in a position to to lose. When when if you do come back out of the break and you start Keenum, though I think I, I think it's the right thing to do, 
is he either gets hurt, Bridgewater comes in, saves the day, or he gets in uh, the, the ball game and, and doesn't know where he's at anymore. Keenum, for whatever reason, is just not productive to the point of, of you know two picks and zero production. And guess what? We've, we've activated Teddy for just this reason. Let's put him in and see what he can do. He ha- Keenum has to lose the job at this I point. I mean, I think he kind I of firmly believe that. And I think you work on Bridgewater's confidence by keeping him on the back burner, buying him more time in practice, moving around, setting, planting, throwing, and being good, you know, mentally over the top of that leg and feeling good in pads in practice. I think you do him a huge favor by by keeping him there and not doing anything with yes. him. And he'll be one of the 46. I mean, he will be the backup quarterback. Kyle Slaughter is no longer. Nope. This team's backup. Now, they still like Kyle Soder, so the question is, do you try to get him through waivers onto the practice squad? Do you not do. expose him to waivers? But, yeah, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater will be minimum the number 2 quarterback against the Redskins next Sunday. I'm with you. I think it's Case Keenum's team this week. But to me, is it a week-by-week situation? Like, let's say That's let's say the cr- Vikings win. They beat the Redskins. They can do that, right? Heck, the Redskins might still not have Jordan Reed and Crowder, yeah, and yeah. their left tackle might be T.J. Clemmings against mm. Everson Griffin. So the Vikings could win Sunday in Washington. But what if Keenum struggles? Yeah. What if they win if twenty? The win, to, if what the if they win twenty keep, to fourteen? If the wins keep coming, so as long as they're winning, and 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 I think so it too. isn't it isn't him losing a game for you? Or not, I'm sorry, if it's him that's stinking the place up, and you're having to win with your defense or with, you know, a huge catch, last second, whatever field goal, and now you know you bail him out. If he's not playing well. It's kind of time to move on. You've had you've you've got your options now. So uh, it's a feel thing. I think if it you're is. Mike Zimmer, it, it's, just, def- it's based it's, completely off feel. It's a Bud Grant thing, really. Yeah. Bud Grant always used to say, "Don't make a decision until you have to," and I, I I think that's where they're at with this guy. I think Keenum plays. Uh, the wins keep coming. Keenum keeps keeps starting. You keep buying Bridgewater more time, more confidence in his in his mind. His the, the mental part of coming overcoming an enormous injury like that is to feel safe. And that you can step into it and plant and cut and push off. Let him do that for a few weeks. Right. I mean, don't push him into a game and stink the place up. And now he's not even thinking about football. He's, his eyes aren't down the field. He's trying to think about what's happening over that leg. And What if he doesn't do stink it up, though? What if he plays well? I mean, but you, you buy the logic I at all he, that, okay, if this team is going to make a serious run into January, deep January, yep. this team wins, whether the two seed or the three seed, for them to win the NFC, win two playoff games or three playoff right, games, play right. in the Super Bowl at U.S. Bank Stadium, do you buy into the logic that that the quarterback to take them to that level is not Case Keenum? So whether that's Sam I don't or know. Teddy, I mean, I but don't it know. can't be Case. I, I the Case is incapable of that. I don't know if he is or not. I don't think anyone does. Right. Uh, he's never been on a team that's ever had a chance to do that in the past. I mean, maybe he's got enough good pieces around him now where Thielen and Diggs and Kyle Rudolph and, and the defense. And the defense. Defense I've might be number Trent one Dilfer, right now. I've seen after Trent Dilfer Denver yesterday, go, that defense is so good. Absolutely. I mean, I, I just we've seen it a couple times. Not very often, but we we've seen teams that are led by better than just dink and dunk manageable quarterbacks uh the Trent Dilfers who read the who led the Reds uh not the uh, the, the Ravens I'm sorry mm-hmm. uh to the uh, Super Bowl in Brad 2001 Johnson with Tampa Tampa Joe, Joe exactly. Flacco with the Ravens yeah, Joe Flacco, Flacco too and I think that I don't know what Keenum is he doesn't know who he is yet he hasn't been with a team that's had a chance and and I don't know what he's good for under huge pressure I mean, there's nothing quite like pressure, and, and and it does. It goes up. The bar goes up sure. significantly after the regular season is over with. The playoffs, and then, of course, the Super Bowl, and I don't even know that pressure. I was never there, but but it must be incredible. And, and, and you got to – some of the best that have ever played this game fell apart in the Super Bowl. I mean, Rich Gannon had five interceptions. We would love that, though. Right? I mean, I would love it. And you'd Give me the, that scenario. Yeah, yeah. Just get there. I, I mean, I would it. be frustrated about yeah. falling apart in the Super Bowl, but – 
just hey. Well, it's nice to know that you've let's had get to the Super Bowl. a quarterback that's helped it and made it work, kept things together, kept the team uh, you know in the win columns more times than not, and you got Teddy Bridgewater to boot just in case. And now something happens, and, and, and Keenum falls apart, and Bridgewater comes in, and he's had three, four, five extra weeks of practice, and now he looks sharp. Why wouldn't you do that? Don't set him up for failure and just throw him into the wolves. Right. I mean, let him come back, get a start on your second half of your season, and get moving a little bit, and get the team up and running again, and then throw Bridgewater into the mix if you have to. But and and it, it plays into itself. You have the danger of wrecking more than... if, if you, To those who say you don't lose your job by injury, that's a antiquated... It's it's crummy deal, but it's an antiquated notion. But if you believe in that, or you think Teddy Bridgewater is exponentially better than Case Keenum, and he is, we don't know. I think well, you is. said no, it. I, I, I think I, he is too. I just think he's a very. He's I think a, he is he's too. above average. A backup quarterback is what I believe we have here right now with Case Keenum. Yes, but I want Bridgewater in. I just don't want to ruin him or the season. And if you or bring him season. in too early, you can do both. But Correct. you need to see him, don't you? It's as much about but this see, year as it is 2018. But aren't they Who's seeing Who's this team's him? quarterback in 2018? That's the great You question. need to see Teddy Bridgewater at some point here, don't you? I don't Mike Zimmer would love for his 2018 quarterback to be Teddy Bridgewater. You've got, we need to see him play this year you've got a team to make that determination. That's winning, though. You've got a team right. that's winning. Don't mess that up, and don't mess up the future, which is more than likely, I think, Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. And don't mess up the fact that you can still sign Case Keenum as a good one-two punch and mm-hmm. a, a guy that you know can come in and do it. And... I want Bridgewater in. I mean, I want him in, but I don't want him in now. I just don't. I, I've, I've been through a bad knee, and it's nothing like his. Nothing like his. He has to overcome that yes. mentally. The work is right. the repair has been done and been done correctly, and it's they've got it rehabbed and, and strong again. So, and it's in a brace. So, but he's still got to fix it in his head. If someone lands in the side of that leg, it's not going to do something or end up doubling or buckling on him. And we really don't know that until a game situation, point. right? I mean, it's not like you're practicing, but, hey, Everson Griffin, go crash right. into the side Sam of Bradford. leg. Sam Bradford came back too soon. Although, totally different he injury. did do that in, in, in practice. The, yep. wor- the worst injury came in practice with no contact. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just would, I would just, after all you've been through to get him back to where he is now, after a year and a half or whatever it's been by now, don't throw him in there like that just because you can but I mean, couldn't one argue that if you started him Thanksgiving Day against the Lions, or the following week, you, early December against the Falcons in Atlanta? But you got to tell me, you're still that? throwing him in. What, would you, you're would you do that? Would you do that though? It's a great question. I mean, what would what would you do that if Keenum had already won two times right. more for you? No, two more times. No, if right. you're winning, if you're eight and two, nine that, and two, that's no. My question. No, you don't disrupt that. Right. I still think Case misses on some throws though. I do Whether too. Whether it's accuracy, sure. lack of zip. But he's not I killing you. I thought he could have completed some not, of those balls against the Browns with not, just a little bit more zip. But he's not killing you. No, he's not. Absolutely. He's got, not. What, he's got three picks. And up he gets better, time? by the way, as games go on. But I, I think so struggled too. early against the Ravens. Struggled early against the Browns. Got yep. better as those games went on. And he's doing that while making some. Throws that take some onions. He's not sitting back, only taking the easy throws. They're letting him, they're cutting him loose a little bit. I yeah. mean, Pat Shermer is not afraid to mm. let him throw. They the like ball the screen the pass a lot now, though, uh, which well, is fine. That's a great play. I agree. If you run it well, uh-huh. he's I, dropped, I mean, with those athletic offensive linemen. Get them in space. He has dropped, I like the play. He's dropped some balls on on Adam Thielen that a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't throw, and maybe should have been picked. And Thielen's making them receptions, but whatever. He's mm. making the throws. How many quarterbacks have we seen here in the last six years? You say try that throw once every now and then, please. And they don't. So bottom line is, it's it's complicated. It's very complicated. But do we all agree that they're going to Teddy at some point? I think so. We just can't figure out so. for the life of us when that will be. Keenum has to falter. I think that Keenum has to has to have one of those games. And it could only be one game. 
and he's probably not going to get his job back if that's the case. I mean, case. is that unfair? It's yes. unfair. It yes. is unfair because any other quarterback would have their job back after a bad game. But it's not. it doesn't play that way the, with, with the scenario uh, that we find ourselves in right now. And then Sam is an afterthought? Sam I mean, is do an we afterthought. all agree there's a better I, I chance just, he goes on IR how, than plays another you, game this year? You know year? what? The, the bottom line on, on Sam Bradford is that Sugarman has stated clearly that it is not another injury to that knee. It is wear and tear on, mm-hmm. the, on the bad knee. That says everything. It, we're dealing with a knee that, with the wear and tear it's taken over the years, and all. I mean, Doctor Andrews, uh, he's he's already okayed everything with that knee. He said, "I've done work on that thing twice structurally. The way I put it back together again, it's okay. It's fine." So do the Viking doctors. The problem now is it's wear and tear, meniscus, this and that, and it's a sore knee. He can't even move on it. Wear and tear is wear and tear. You gonna deal? How do you how do you deal with that in the future? Oh, he can't go with, at quarterback. Oh, he can't go today. That wear and tear thing. But, and you mentioned it earlier, the amount of money we're talking about. Tons. A guy that doesn't have a contract for next year. Do you, Viking fans want to say, shake it off, get back in there. That's no. not realistic. No, it's not. I mean, he's doing a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, with the blood, you know. But rub some dirt on it. Yeah, yeah all that. I mean, on. he's been to yeah. Florida. He's been to New York. Sam yeah, is trying. Right. Yep. Gut it out is not an option. I also let's, found let's it interesting that Eric Sugarman was presented to us. That was the Vikings setting up the fan base for, hey, yeah. we're not bringing Sam back next year. Let us explain to you, yeah. read between the lines. Yes. I mean, this, but is, this let is us explain to you why Sam is not the future, you know, quarterback here come 2018. I mean, heck, there's a better chance they'd go pay Kirk Cousins or somebody. I still think it's Teddy Bridgewater, though. That's where you need to see I, Teddy. I do too. I do too. And I, I just, you know, I, and, and, and Sam Bradford, I have nothing against him. I don't know him that well. Had a chance to talk to him a couple times, but and I wish I him well. Tough. I wish him well. I think he's a fairly tough guy. How about the hits he took last year and got back up? I agree. I think and he's that's tough. What I it's can't just, understand. It's, it's that the knee held up and the wear and tear thing didn't happen at all last year. At least we didn't know about it. And the blood spinning and everything. The PIP, platelet enriched plasma. That's mm-hmm. what he's doing now. It's blood spinning. But I, where did it come from? Where did this suddenly come from? He has a German career game. No, he and, means and, oh. <laughs> I, I, I said that wrong. Yeah. I uh, I stated that incorrectly. But I mean, where does this irritation come from that he made it through all last season when he was? Yeah, he was so tough. Yeah, he was getting up and answering, answering yeah. the bell. They right? sold it to us as a bone bruise. Well, there's no way this is a bone bruise. Well, no. Sure, I get it. No, it's but... not. It's you're right. It's a contusion, and that's a bone bruise, and it'd be over with by now. Yes, that's all right. the way it goes. Questions of significant importance. They may have an NFL theme. Who knows? Dave Harrigan leads the segment. That is next. Phil Mackey. He's got the body language of a whiner. Judd Zolgad. Every time he opens his mouth, it's a garbage dumpster of crap coming out of it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Mr. Harrigan has those questions of significant importance. Let's do it, boys. Let's do it. Everybody's played at least eight games except for two teams, that being the Packers and Lions, who will meet tonight, Monday Night Football, at Lambeau Field, Packers go in four and three, Lions three and four. Let's just say, for argument's sake, Brett Hundley and the Packers win a low-scoring, ugly game, and they hold their turf. They defend Lambeau Field and win, pushing them to five and three, and the Lions to three and five. If that happens, is the division just as good as over for the Minnesota Vikings? You never say never. Come on, say never. But yes. I mean, 
Brett Hundley's not winning a division, right? No. Now, Rodgers might be back sooner rather than later. The news seems to be encouraging. Now, the Packers have to be competitive. Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back if they have no chance to win the division or make the playoffs. It doesn't look to me like yeah. the Packers are going to be really competitive defensively. I mean, you can say what you want to about Hundley yeah. and, the, and the offense and Not everything, too. but the defense is the is the issue with them. A lot they have of it so is. many injuries. They're Heck, is the decimated. division race over right now? No. Am I being too presumptuous? Detroit. Is it like a 98% likelihood at this moment the Vikings win the NFC North? Detroit wins. They're still two back. Yeah. Thanksgiving yeah. becomes very important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're all going to count. It's going to come down to the end. You lose on the road to Washington. You lose to a very good Rams team. All of a sudden, we're playing Thanksgiving for the lead. Yeah, I agree. I, Depending we, on what Detroit mean, does didn't mean in the next to say couple we. weeks. I, I was saying this is from the Vikings yeah, no. standpoint. Yeah. I, say I know what you mean. didn't mean it's, to it's say the, we. It's the Vikings division to lose. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're in the best seat right now. All right. So Looking you're talking to Vikings fans right now, Mike. Who should they root for tonight? If you're a Vikings fan, do you want the Lions to you win tonight, or do you want the Packers, Packers to win tonight? Packers. Just because the Lions beat the, Lions, the Vikings the here, they play the Vikings The Lions are pretty tough, and they have the, the, the chance to hang on to this thing until the end, whereas the Packers are going to have to do it with Hundley, and I, I don't see it happening. And so give it to give it to them. He, they can have that one and lose the rest, and they're pro- they probably will. But and you know but, the, but you want to keep the Lions down. Yeah. I think you're keep, right. Keep them down. I think if you're a Vikings fan, you root for keep Green Bay down. tonight. Yeah, Tiebreaker implications, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Green Bay once. You got Definitely. another shot at Detroit. So, you know, rooting isn't going to change. Keep, keep Detroit down there yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, we don't think they're in the driver's seat, though. Maybe I'm thinking too big picture. They're definitely in the driver's seat. To me, I'm circling November 19th. Yeah, Vikings Rams saying that game right there is for the two seed. Sure. Huge. Sure. Whoever de- wins that game is going to be the two seed. Yeah. You get a first round playoff buy. They're definitely in the Forget driver's seat. Forget winning the division. Sure. Get a first round buy. Sure. No, yeah. Stafford's the best quarterback in the division. He is. If Bridgewater's out there, yeah. then, then Boy, that's, that's just, a different picture if Bridgewater mm-hmm. gets out that's there. That's just valedictorian of summer school at this point, though, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> probably so. Probably so. But <clears throat> the, the Vikings have a little more punch than yeah. – I'm sorry, the, 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 the Lions have a little more punch and a little more uh, potential to do do damage to us than Green Bay, I think, at this point. My mind just drifted to the summer school movie with Mark Harmon. It's a classic. Uh, there was the guy that was in the bathroom for like six weeks. And, and <laughs> later went on to play for uh, – uh, James Conn in the program. Yes, he, he was the kid yes. that blew out his knee, yeah. so he was fine. He was uh, a good he got, like the highest test score. He's in the bathroom yeah, for six weeks. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Let's ask this question about the halfway point of the season. Let's call it neutral field. The other division leaders, Eagles, Saints, Rams. What do you put the betting line at if uh, they were paired up against the Vikings on a neutral field? The well, Saints is a weird one because we already saw that one. But the that, Saints that's are not the team there anymore. Saints they're, are totally di- right. different team now. The Eagles are the. Oh. That's the. I think that might be the, the cream of the crop right there. When you think about the guys there down by the way, Darby, mm-hmm. Philadelphia's best cover corner, Darren yeah. Sproles. Yeah, Sproles is dangerous. Yep. I mean, they have other running backs, but dangerous, right? He's out for the year. Mm-hmm. They're starting left tackle, one of the best in the game, Peters. Jason Peters, mm-hmm. out for the year. Good one. Yet Philadelphia scores fifty-one <laughs> against what I thought was the best defense in the NFL yesterday. Denver. Denver. Forget that. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's Carolina. Maybe it's Jacksonville. But the Vikings, just based on what I saw yesterday with Denver, the Vikings might have the best defense in the NFL today. They just might. And there are some some people that are surprising a lot of people with with great defense right now, too. Jacksonville being one of those. I, and, I think, I think neutral field. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. no, no, no I was just I was. There are some other defenses out there that are very surprising. Yeah, we're all thinking but out loud here. I mean, now, I got Wentz and Russell Wilson, though, just 
They strike fear. As good as the they Vikings' do. defense is, they right? Do. So to answer Dave's question. Saints. He said Saints. I know. I'm Not excluding Seahawks. the Saints. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, you didn't say the Seahawks? I Who'd said division leaders would be Eagles, Okay, and the Seahawks Rams, would be behind the Rams. Okay, so Saints. golf doesn't do that. I mean, I guess Breeze can do that. I can tell you. And that Saints defense is good, by the way. What's U.S. Bank Stadium worth advantage? Three? Standard three-point home field? Sounds about right. Then right now, the Rams are, the Vikings are minus three right now for week 11 to the Rams. So, push. That -hmm. would be a pick, according to the the future odds I'm seeing. I think that's probably fair right now. I mean, that's the great offense against the great defense. That's that's terrific. Mm -hmm. I think they're favored against the Saints. How could they not be? Yes. Um, they're underdogs to Philly, and right? they're underdogs. How could they Philly. not be Philly, an underdog Philly's, to seven Philly's, or eight and one Philadelphia? And I'd say five point yeah. at this point. Yeah, I mean, it sounds about what right. they just did to Denver. I think it, the number, the line would be five or six, and I think I'd still yeah. take Philly. Philly, <clears throat> Wentz is so Rams, good right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Philly's Rams, Saints. Yeah, based on how we match up defensively with the, with those squads too. I mean, the Saints' defense has picked up quite a bit though, so, recently, but uh, Philadelphia looks like the team to be right now. Plus six, Philly, even Rams. Minus four Saints. I'll tell you what, the Cowboys are coming on too. <laughs> well, that's I like that. Everybody that was part of the question. Vikings. That was part of the question. And Seattle, what are they now? <laughs> they uh, look great two weeks ago and look eh this week. They still have the magic at quarterback, though. I mean, I thought Russell Wilson did it again yesterday. Fourth quarter comeback. Except for all, He's that, Mr. Mag- fourth all quarter. that magic at kicker. Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. All <laughs> that magic. <laughs> you know what, though? A lot of teams would take Blair Walsh right now. As weird as that sounds. So true. He had the bad day, but yeah, he's he still among, I don't know, the top 15 maybe? Yeah. Uh, you he missed three it. yesterday. I think. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a tough thing is you identified in between kicks and uh, you try to get corrected and it doesn't get corrected. Um, but for me, it's just I have to know that, you know, when they are traveling to the left like that in that type of weather situation to compensate for it and aim a little bit different and put down the middle. Just got to aim different. <laughs> Interesting note, Seattle week 13 at home right now. Minus three against the Eagles. Uh, these haven't been revised from this week. They don't revise these from this week. So starting going into this week, you could have gotten Seattle favored at home against Philly in week 13. I think that changes after this wow. week, but that's an interesting note. Well, let's, ask, let's ask one about uh, Philly to end this. Carson Wentz certainly looks like an MVP. I would think he's uh, at the top of the list right now. Let's just say, for argument's sake, he doesn't do so well towards the end of the year. Maybe he goes out with an injury. Whatever it is, who's number two in line right now? For MVP? Yeah. That's tough. Because Wentz, even though Wentz is, is playing extremely well, mm. I mean, his numbers aren't <laughs> astronomical. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, he's like, what, 14 of 27 yesterday? Two touchdowns, no interceptions. But that's what that's a typical game for him, kind of. You want, it's just that he makes plays. He, he doesn't miss on many throws, though. He gets the ball down the field and he makes the big plays when he has to. Is the obvious answer Tom I Brady? Know, I guess the Patriots Brady could, are good. Yeah. You want the fun, he's always good. You want the fun answer that I would love it? Oh, please. Ezekiel Elliott. If he has two or three mm. big games, <laughs> You're right. how fun would that be? He's doing Congratulations, well. Goodell. You got Brady winning a Super Bowl coming off of all that, and now you got Zeke Elliott as your most valuable player. <laughs> I might start rooting for that, actually. <laughs> Tell me what. Because Kareem Hunt's coming backwards. The Chiefs had, had some great players uh, and, some, and some some really good young players early. Kareem Hunt still playing well. 800 yards, I think, rushing already. Uh, he's played really well. I mean, he raised the bar so high with 100 yards after 100 yards. Yeah, if he gets to yeah. 80, it's a disappointment. I know it. But Alex Smith was going really well there for a while mm-hmm. too. I mean, he had a he's had a great season, right up there with Tom Brady in terms of stats. This could never happen. But how about this out of the box take? Rams head coach Sean McVay as MVP. <laughs> 
I mean, he's obviously right. a difference maker, he's right? He's changed a lot of things out there. Is he, he locked really in has. coach of the year? Yes. What I about the so. guy in our backyard? No, 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 maybe yeah. now, but yeah. I mean, what if... What if the Vikings won? Yeah, what about Mike Zimmer? 6-2 six 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 with that quarterback uh, carousel? The, the next eight. I mean, you put Zimmer in there 12-4. and four. In terms of skill position, guys, I mean, quarterbacks are the obvious ones to look at. You're right, Alex Smith, especially with Kareem Hunt coming backward. There's no – Antonio Brown's on pace for 1,500, 1,600 yards, but he, n- no. Um, so Brady, Smith, Wentz. Todd Gurley? Gurley's played well. Goff has started to play well. Why does it have to be an offensive guy? Because it is. Like, what about what about Everson Griffin? What about Lawrence? I was going to throw him out. Well, Calais Campbell. I mean, he's basically been the guy they've built this They're, Jacksonville Jaguar defense. Yeah, him around. too. Yeah. Who was the first defensive player to win the MVP? <sighs> Alan Page. Yeah. Okay. That would make sense. You would think we would have known that, but at the three-hour and 47 mark of a four-hour show. <laughs> It'll do that, Seriously, too. I checked out when you walked into the studio an hour ago, Mike. So don't make me hey, think. Hey, look, I, I, sorry I do that to you. God, but, I uh, no, I'm just saying, though, I, what, I like about, what about a defensive guy? Why does it always have to be a quarterback? Because it is. Mm. That's the way of the, it is. I mean, I, you look at a quarterback as someone who touches the football every single time, and, uh, and he's going to probably have the biggest impact on the game. Who in any sport is winning an MVP exclusively on their defense? In any sport. Any sport. It's it's not very often. Well, and it's hard to make the case for one individual guy. Like, couldn't you make the case that the Vikings defensive MVP absolutely isn't Everson Griffin? That it's Linval Joseph or Xavier Rhodes or Harrison Smith? I guess the argument there is football is the only sport where you only play defense. To refute my own point, every Mm -hmm. other sport you're playing both. It's um, maybe a tough call. But I mean... How about there was the Lawrence Taylors? There was the right. We don't know the, yet. Uh, Ray Lewis's. I mean, there were guys that controlled football games. Absolutely. Somebody will jump up and win the MVP in December. Definitely. Maybe Wentz keeps it going, and it's an obvious answer, and it's Carson one, Wentz. One injury, and you're done. But we I just mean, don't know. Deshaun Watson was it's in the, the best mix. reality show around, right? We don't know the answer. Deshaun Watson, he was in the mix. Could have absolutely. Yeah. Again, if Kareem Hunt has 280 yard three touchdown games in December, he's right back into it. So yeah. But man, I really want it to be Ezekiel Elliott now. Jeez. I mean, I don't because he's a horrible human being. And I want <laughs> Aside has, from that. I want what he has coming to him, but just in terms you're of just, NFL chaos and just the mockery that is the legal system right now. You're just an ambulance, Jason. Bring it, yes. <laughs> sure. So what you're saying then, in early February, U.S. Bank Stadium, you want the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. Ezekiel no, Elliott no, to I, be the Super Bowl MVP no, no, I grew up in with D- Roger Goodell handing him that trophy. I grew up in D.C. I can't ever root for the Cowboys to do <laughs> anything like that. I was trying to get you going. MVP award doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 1249, 1500 ESPN. It's the Mackey and Judd Show. Those guys are out. It's Darren Doogie Wolfson. It's Chris Long. It's Mike Morris. We wrap things up next. They need it now. Mackey and Judd now continue. They want it now. On 1500 Get it on. ESPN. Three and a half minutes to go in the Mackey and Judd show. Darren Doogie Wolfson, Chris Long, Mike Morris. Let me drop a bomb before I leave, before Joe Sutre comes in. All right, Wisconsin. Wisconsin college football. There's a good chance. Well, maybe not a good chance. Maybe they lose to Iowa. Maybe they lose to Michigan. But they could finish the regular season undefeated. And who knows? When they play Michigan, Michigan may not be ranked. So they may finish the regular season undefeated without playing a ranked team. Yet if they are undefeated... Then if they win the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State or Michigan State, should it be an automatic? If they run the table, should they be one of the four playoff teams no matter what, or do you need to look at body of work, who they beat? Because, trust me, I'm trying to picture the Gophers. <laughs> this is hard. But, but Wisconsin I'm has trying to picture the Gophers in this scenario. They didn't schedule anybody. Because there's a lot of Gophers fans saying Wisconsin can't be one of the four. They didn't schedule anybody. I mean, they've been is saying this. Is that their fault? Yes. They've been saying this for three years. Schedule somebody. And admitted Notre Dame fan here, so I've got a dog in the fight. 
Wisconsin didn't schedule anybody. But you, they can't control the crossover games. No, but you're in control of your non-conference. And you got to have one. Well, right now, if you want to be one of the best four, you got to have one Thunderbolt win or at least lose. <laughs> You'd be better off losing to, in Notre Dame's case, Georgia than Wisconsin playing no one. I mean, if, imagine now if Iowa had been blemish free. Yeah. And, and then beating Ohio State like that. Now that's, that's, someone's in the mix there. Yeah. That's for sure. But uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, that's a good question, though. I, they don't have any real. Real games on the on the schedule. They don't. I, I, I mean, be, body of tough. work it'd is tough. It'd be tough to, to rule that in. Poor, but if you go unbeaten, yeah, Big Ten, you yeah, win the Big, Big Ten, Ten championship yeah. game against. I think it'll be Ohio State, but it could be Michigan yeah. State. But if you beat, let's say you beat Ohio State mm-hmm. and Michigan, Big Ten's not as good as everybody thought it was. Just as has happened to the Big Twelve. Agree, past, but how do you tell Wisconsin undefeated Wisconsin? Yeah, Sorry, you're not one of the four. I've seen that happen before the BCS uh, Bulls, though with Auburn, yeah. they ran the table. I know, but I'm just saying, there's a lot of Gophers fans saying. No way. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if Wisconsin, they haven't played anybody. I, I mean, I, Because be, that's the gopher fan who can't stay in the Badger, right? If, they, if everybody wins out, it's Alabama and Georgia regardless. Yeah. It's probably Big 12 team and Notre Dame. Alabama and Georgia will play in the SEC championship. It won't matter. I don't think it'll matter. Be one, two. Those two have to be among the four. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on Notre Dame, but they don't play a conference championship game. That's where it gets dicey. But they have beat it's hard. Four top 15 teams I like the 14 playoff. What about an eight or 16 team Please playoff? sign me up. All right, we're done. Thank you, Mike. I can do that. I can do it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Chris, thank you. Fun times today. Dave, thank you. Thad Levine was on. Glenn Taylor was on. Those interviews are podcastable. 1500ESPN.com. Such is next.